The Forum at 8 on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. And we welcome your SMS's 34701 to cost you one rent. Tweets at uh, AM Live on SAFM or Facebook AM Live on SAFM. 0891-104-28. This is the Forum at 8. My name is Bongi Kuala with you till 9 this morning. The Constitution states that South Africa belongs to all who live in it, united in our diversity. However, could incidents of racism and the living proof of inequality hamper efforts of social and national cohesion? The Premier of Gauteng, David Makura, says racism will not be defeated if inequality is not addressed. Makura launched the Gauteng eminent group of uh, nation-building and social cohesion champions who will focus on addressing racism and xenophobia in the province. The group comprises 20 influential individuals, including faith leaders, Reverend Frank Chikane, who joins us on the line right now. I'll introduce him and uh, Ray McCauley, Education Specialist Mary Metcalf and former IEC Chairperson Pregalia Bam. All right, we asked this morning then, will addressing economic inequalities stop the scourge of racism here in South Africa? This is what we are discussing. So please give us a call, 891 Share your views with us, 34701 at AM Live on SAFM and of course Facebook, AM Live on SAFM. Well, let's talk to the Reverend uh, Frank Chikane, who is an eminent member of uh, the Anti-Racism Task Team. Reverend, good morning to you. Uh, good morning and good morning to your listeners. All right. Uh, I'm told also the Ambassador, Ambassador Weli Lentlapo, who is South Africa's former ambassador to Washington, D.C., and also an eminent member of this uh, uh, team, joins us on the line. Ambassador, good morning to you. Good morning to you and your listeners. Let me start with you, Reverend Ch- French Chikane. I, I will ask this question whether we phrased it correctly in, in, in asking if addressing economic inequality will stop the scourge of racism. But first, I would like to hear from you, really, your task ahead, the mandate of uh, this uh, uh, institution that has been set up. Well, you know, I'm, I must say that I, I want to congratulate the government of of the province of Gauteng for coming with such a fantastic vision. It's quite clear to me that there is unfinished business which we left undone after the elections in 1994. We had a political reconciliation, call it settlement, and we all thought that brings together people of South Africa they are reconciled and we can go on with life. But the reality is that racism is too deep-rooted in our society to end in that way. You can't end it politically. It must be between the people. But there is also a major challenge, is that to, to make racism scientific as they tried in the past, is to make sure that there is economic disparities, disadvantage people of color, uh, advantage those of who are white, and then uh, make sure that you prove your theory of racism, that one group is unequal to the other. The same happened during the time of uh, slavery in the United States. In fact, modern forms of racism, racism came out of that slavery uh, experience in the United States and the, the Americas in general. And so the economy is critical 
to get rid of racism. You need to make sure that people are not defined, poverty is not defined in terms of the color of the skin of a person. We need to ensure that every South African participates fully in the economy, and this country has, happens to have enough resources. And so it's not a resource scarcity. It's a design of the society that we find ourselves where we are. Mm. And so the mandate from the Premier is quite clear. Facilitate open and frank conversations amongst the people of this province. Look at comprehensive interventions that can be made. And then uh, make recommendations in terms of what action can be taken to make sure that we end racism in this country. I would like for us to expand on this one, uh, uh, Reverend Chikane, but let me bring in Ambassador Welin in Tlapo here. Uh, you, you say, Ambassador, wherever race becomes an issue, people confront it. I've served as Ambassador of South Africa to the U.S., and they will tell you what it means. It's a contribution to an ongoing process and a conversation about who we are as citizens of this province. Tell us more about that. Yeah, no, no, no. Thank you. I think one thing that we have to accept is the reality which the Premier underscored is that this is the industrial and financial capital of South Africa. That's what this province represents. And therefore attracts a lot of people from time immemorial with the mining industry which was established uh, precisely and mainly in this province. And given that, the laws that were passed since 1948 uh, made it clear that uh, black people, particularly Africans, do not have access to adequate education and training in skills so that they can participate in uh, processes uh, that will make them to be able to contribute towards uh, the development of this economy. Uh, The Job Preservation Act uh, made it clear that... uh, Amongst other things, that Africans are not divide, uh, 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 defined in that uh, as workers, uh, and therefore they would not then be qualifying for certain skills like it what you see happen in the trade schools that were there, and therefore exclusion from participating in many uh, elements of the economy became the main foundation of the apartheid system. Mm. And racism was at the heart of it because all the laws were based on the color of the skin and race. Now, I was born in 1948 when the Nationalist Party came into power. I have experienced apartheid directly. When I started school, parental education was introduced. So I went through that whole system. uh, And everything that was happening was part of my socialization. Even when I entered university, the same thing happened. Uh, in 1970. So one has lived under the system and understood the basis of race as an element of exclusion and therefore racism being something that was promoted even by churches. Um, so so, so it's something that, that, that has taken such a long time. Mm. And uh, I think we're no, under no illusion that uh, the challenges that we face that one of the issues that we want to tackle is this one. If we really have to have social and economic transformation uh, of this country, we've got to open open up the system and, and, and make sure that the, our people can participate in all aspects of our economy, including 
uh, the formal economy from which uh, our people have been excluded. All right, uh, Reverend Chikane, let me bring you in here. We've lived with uh, uh, apartheid for so many, many years, for so long, and then it was broken. Uh, somewhat 1989 thereabout and then 1994 and you're talking about a political settlement and reconciliation there but racism still outstanding what led to uh, the uh, 1994 milestone really among other things was talk discussions frank openness difficult at times you were part of it churches playing a, a, a massive role there you led that uh, that kind of a, a journey some people are saying right now we need to have uh, and Codessa was at the heart of it uh, as as well. And some people are talking about meeting again and talking again about uh, the economic emp- emancipation and inclusion of those who were left out. Do you think perhaps that comes first or we need then to address the issue of racial integration uh, before we even talk, uh, you know, uh, economic emancipation or shall we tackle these issues together? You know, if you deal with, I mean, you, you can't sequence them in a particular way, but if you deal with economic emancipation, the issue of integration becomes not natural. Remember, it's money that differentiates. Uh, people stay in poor areas because they can pay rent in a, in, a, in a better area. So your economic status determines where you remain, and, and, and how you live. And that's what we need to change. We can come and have conferences together, which is important. We must allow open and frank discussions. But ultimately, we have to deal with the economic base, because for me, that is the determining factor. And so in history, it was also like that. What, what I think we need to do now, and this is what this task team is meant to do, Really go to the communities, listen to them, um, look at the challenges, get them to participate together to find solutions. The mistake of 1994 is that the ANC government came into power, um, and of course there was a government of national unity which ended within two years. After that, on the average, whites sort of retreated and watched this black government as they saw it and wanted it to solve all the problems of this country, including the economy. And I say government can only deal with the problems using taxpayers' money. Mm. And taxpayers' money is a minimal uh, fraction of the total capital you need in this country to make a difference. So we need black and whites whites who are in the commanding side of the economy to participate with blacks to work out solutions as to how we make sure that blacks are included in the economy. I think that's the critical issue. And there are efforts that are being made now as as I speak. I mean, the people who have been brought into this task team are doing different things in their own rights in different places. And for instance, the churches are working on a program they will announce next week. And I know that Kakiso Trust is working on another program on the economic um, 
uh, an integration of this country. So I think there are efforts which will be put together to find the solution. And, and Reverend Chika, let's, let me stay with you because the, the issue is about the economy. It's about uh, economic integration. It's about bringing uh, the, those who are marginalized into the mainstream economy. That then will take some people relinquishing uh, what they have, some people opening up, uh, w- you know, uh, what they have, and 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 in the main, it's the minority who are sitting with this wealth, with this with, with massive, uh, you know, economy. So so so, how are we going to to go about doing this? Because this this uh, committee, this uh, uh, establishment that you part of, this group is not going to open the economy for for the black majority to come in. Somebody needs to say, I give in. Yeah, you know, we're going to engage everybody, including big business. But let me just make an example. I didn't want to spend time on that because it will be announced at the right time. You see, there is a development here of the conscript generation, the former SADF um, veterans who fought the war during the apartheid days. They have come back in a completely different way to say we have been, you know, we have been at the background bitter, angry about what happened and they feel abused or used and were abandoned. You know, we never thought of it, that there would be people on the other side who have got these challenges. And now they say no, they never had their own TRC. Mm. They want to come and confess what happened. And they don't just want to confess, they want to go through processes of healing, reconciliation, but also reparation, which is completely new. And what they are saying is, we will bring our skills, capacity, resources that we have to contribute to this new society, which will be so normal that their children would not go through, and their grandchildren will not go through the same experience they went through. I think for me, it's one of the best things that would have that would happen, and the churches are rallying around it. Remember that racism is in the churches as well. Mm. So the churches are now beginning to say we had a role to play. We did not play it in 1994 because all these people who are fighting, who hold different positions, racism economy are all belonging to the church. I mean, almost 80% of this country. And so that is developing as I speak now. And we're going to see a new approach where it's not just coming together and have tea together, but it's making sure that we make a contribution to change the economic conditions of the people. And uh, Ambassador Tlapo, let me bring you in here. I mean, you, you, you stayed quite a great deal of time in, in the U.S. And you, you watch these things. It's a, a 200-odd democracy there. But, uh, you know, in some states you still find that uh, black people are, are inferior in the eyes of uh, the authorities, uh, in certain areas, in the eyes of many other, you know, common, common people. How... Comparing the two economies, comparing the two countries, our democracy is only 22 years, really. And the journey that needs to be traveled and the approach that we need to take as South Africans so that we don't spend over 200 years still dealing with the issues of racism, which is what is happening in the U.S. even today. You know, uh, having lived and worked in the U.S., 
I was quite alarmed at the, the, the extent to which racism still has firm roots and is practiced in that country. Uh, even in terms of residential areas, in terms of uh, uh, school in certain uh, uh, areas, including Washington, by the way, uh, D.C., uh, but mainly in the South, where slavery was mostly practiced and uh, racism as part of uh, uh, the process of slavery. Uh, and, 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 and as an instrument to perpetuate this thing. It still continues. Uh, if you look at the treatment of uh, young black people by the police uh, in, the, in the U.S., it reminds me of what I've experienced under apartheid here, where if you are seen in particular areas after a particular time, then you're suspected to be up to some mischief or wanting to go and steal or something. Uh, the profiling uh, element. So the, the, all of those things are there. In terms of the laws and everything, there's no uh, question that, uh, you know, there's any law that still remains. So you still have uh, people organized in particular ways to deal with these issues. Even in Congress, by the way, you've got the, what is called the Black Congressional Caucus because of issues of insensitivity to race that sometimes arise. And they've got to mobilize and bring to the fore within that institution matters of race and how they impact on uh, on communities that they themselves come from. You find the same problem even in the judiciary hmm. uh, in the U.S. If you look at the composition of the judiciary, there's been an attempt even to change that. So you find that uh, this thing lasts longer than you might have expect. Uh, what Donald Trump has been saying now about uh, uh, Obama and Africans and Latin Americans in general, uh, and even certain things he said about Africans and Africa, just tells you here is a presidential candidate who is uh, uh, leading and is likely to become, of course, is going to be their candidate for uh, for 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 uh, for his party. Mm. And if a person like that one wins, you will tell me what it will mean. He's mobilizing on the basis that Africans and all these other people must be kicked out. In a land and in a country where they pride themselves and, and refer to each other uh, or to themselves as a nation of immigrants, which is something that they concede and agreed upon, but this element of race that is being uh, every time uh, uh, raised in order to uh, challenge and create problems for certain people. So it's not something that you're going to get away with uh, uh, very easily. Yes. Here in this country, you've got young people who have never experienced apartheid directly. In our own universities, universities that are product of the structures of apartheid, which were meant for the Africaners and to the exclusion of others and dealt and resources put in there. You open up these universities, you have what is happening in the University of the Free State. You have what has happened in the University of Pretoria, and you find it in other universities too. Now, these are institutions where you're supposed to find enlightened people. But here are these young people who have never, never had the privilege of benefit from the racial discrimination and the laws that would have given them the privilege over uh, Africans in particular and black people in general uh, still having these ideas where do they come from so it means that we really do have a challenge 
not to behave like ostriches and put our heads uh, in the dust, but to begin in an organized way to confront all of these challenges from wherever front that we were facing them. Okay. Today, if we talk about quotas in rugby and, and, and that thing, uh, and in cricket in terms of what has been happening now, uh, this issue always raises its ugly head. Why should we uh, run away from it? Because uh, this inequality based on race uh, is still being perpetuated even by people who have not really have had the privilege and benefits from racial discrimination. Right. Laws that pa- pa- pause right there, Ambassador Ntlapo. Uh, Nevari, Mike, Felix, I'll be coming to you shortly. The Forum at 8 on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. It's uh, 25 minutes uh, to 9. This is uh, the Forum at 8 here on SFM 104 to 107. Thank you very much for joining us. Let's go straight to the lines and uh, thanks for holding on. Reverend Frank Chikane will come back to you just now. Ambassador Wele Lentlapa also will be with you. I'll be reading your SMSs as well. Nevari in Bombela, good morning. Thanks for even taking my call. Sure, I, go I ahead. just want to, to, to say we must actually congratulate the Dutch of Saudi and the Dutch of Makura to take this matter and bring it back to the national Mike in Newlands, go ahead. Uh, good morning, Bongi and panel. Uh, I can't uh, disagree with almost anything the panel has said today, but my worry about this is the credibility of this whole campaign. It's such an important one, and I don't believe it should be run by essentially the ANC, which claims seems to be claiming the moral high ground in this one here. Uh, you know, I only have to look at the Jimmy Money affair, who was called by Trevor Manuel, ANC cabinet minister, is one of the worst racists in, in the country in the mold of Havuot. Now, that gentleman is still in the ANC, and there are many other anti-race or racist statements that have been made by ANC members that remain in the ANC that have not been dealt with at all. They're just stripped under the carpet. So I'm saying that we should have the other political parties involved in this debate. It's so important. Where's the DA? Where's the EFF? It can't be run solely by the ANC. The ANC has no credibility. I mean, it's, look at today. We're waiting for a judgment on the president as to whether he stole money from the poor. Mate. The bottom line is this, Bongi, if I may, just, just in conclusion, we need to have this campaign driven by every party in South Africa. Don't, don't, don't run will... away, Mike. Uh, I want to ask you, because this sure. is an initiative by the Premier of Gauteng, which is government. Yes. Right? So, so it's, it's, it's housed at uh, the, the, the office of, of the Premier in Gauteng. So the, the, there, is, there is no ANC at that level. It's just government realizing that we have problems, with problems like service delivery, problems like many other issues. Let's address it. Let me appoint people. Let okay. me appoint Ray McCauley. Let me have uh, Reverend Frank Chikane. Let me have Mary Metcalf. Let me have Brigalia Bab. So I'm just, I just need you to clarify that point in sure. your mind, Mike. Uh, can, I bongi, can I answer that question? Sure. Thank you. Bongi, yes, absolutely. I mean, these, the, the questions you raised are so vital. These need to be dealt with. But the fact is the matter. The fact of the matter is that the ANC is raising the, white, the, 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 the race card here. Our president said in PE at the beginning of this year that he wants the end conscription campaign and the black sash to come forward and tell their stories. Now, I was in the end conscription campaign. I don't want to tell my story. I don't think anybody is really interested. We want the country to go forward and the problems to be dealt with. But by playing the race card, we're sweeping these problems under the carpet. We need to be asking ourselves the question, what is the ANC bringing to the country? What policies have they got going for? They've got none. So they are playing this race card, and everybody is being drawn into it, and we're not looking at the real issues of the day, as you rightly say. Service delivery, rubbish piling up in Joburg, and here we are talking about race, which, quite frankly, is a red herring. I believe most South Africans do not have race issues. Okay. It's a dangerous card to play the ANC's playing. Thanks we've, very much. We've everybody. got you, Mike. Thank you very much. Nevaro, let's come back to you in Bombella. Thanks, thanks, Bongi. I just want to say we need to actually congratulate the Bishop of Houting by taking this matter into the national agenda. 
primarily because uh, 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 people like Mike will want to make it uh, political football. I mean, this is a national crisis that, as a nation, we need to confront head on. And we can't postpone it by actually uh, perpetuating political party segregations and assume that when the ANC want to intervene or government of the ANC want to intervene, therefore it's the ANC matter. But I think we need to understand the point that I think French can raise, uh, that this is a structural issue, and in the center of it is economic transformation. And my view will be that all of us who must come to the party to deal with the issue of economy, because if we don't put that issue in the national agenda again, which I think for a period of time now we seem, we seem to be in the comfort zone, we're not going to resolve the issue of race in this country. So I think that the government must take back the issue of, the, of, of economic transformation in the center and work on the aspect on how do we redress the imbalance of the past. Then we'll deal with racism moving forward. Thank you very much. Felix in Nelspreit. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I, I think for us to be able to address an issue properly, we must be able to define it. Now, I wouldn't define it as the hatred of a man or a woman by another man or woman on the basis of race. Now, I will say, I will argue that the key word here is not race, it's hatred. Now, if there are no race, for as long as we have hatred in our hearts, we will always find someone or some how some want to hate. Now, take the people in Rwanda. They are all black people. They almost try, for God's sake. But they find a way somehow to express the hatred in their heart to kill their fellow brothers. I would say that we should really start talking about hatred. If there are no more white people in this country, do you think we black people will not hate and kill each other? Okay. We should try and forgot it and look at the hatred in our heart and not about race. It's not a problem of race. Felix in Nelspreet, thank you very much. A couple of SMSs here. Racism is not only a social construct. It is a deep-rooted social and economic hierarchy entrenched for centuries by the Europeans to place and benefit white people at the top of human existence and view other human beings as inferior to them. That's Makeba in Pretoria. What about black-on-black racism between the connected and not connected, especially in our government departments? That's Tony in Cape Town. And this one, it is the system of David Makura to set up task teams whose recommendations are never implemented. Where are 69 ETOL task team recommendations? That's a pure in KZN. It will not, however, it will reduce the dependency syndrome of one race on the other. That's Emmanuel Chuene. And finally, economic inequality is not racism. It is part of the legacy of the past and also due to current economic failures. Please be honest. Please be honest. That's, uh, that's what our callers are saying and the people who are writing in. Reverend Chikane, you heard our listeners' uh, tweets and SMSs and calls as well. How do you respond to some of them and give us the way forward? With our conversation with um, uh, Ambassador Welly Lentapo, you remember you raised the issue of the USA. Sure. I'm, I must say, I mean, I visited there. I must say I have more hope in South Africa than I would have about the United States. I'll tell you why. You see, the numbers, the, the, the fact that blacks in the USA are in the minority just makes it even more difficult. But in South Africa, we've got the opposite. And we have a possibility of changing this country. In fact, we can lead in the world in terms of dealing with racism. Because look, look at it. We don't have time. But 
the number of matriculants who are going to remember apartheid wanted to make sure the professionals are white the engineers are white even bus drivers you know when i grew up blacks couldn't get a license for a horse and trailer uh, to drive a horse and trailer you couldn't drive a train because you were black Mm. now today we have more black matriculants going through the system than whites just sheer numbers no, and tomorrow we'll have more medical doctors in this country than the number of white medical doctors. We can defeat racism in this country by just defying the defined element of racism, which is inequality. People are less in are less than less human than others. We can show that there are scientists, black scientists go to the CSIR, black first class rated black scientists. Mm. So I'm very hopeful about defeating racism in this country. And I agree with with Nsapu. In the United States, it's really um, a, a big challenge. And so let's mobilize the people of South Africa to deal with racism. Let me just deal a little bit with some of the comments. I must say that your second person who comment is it Mike. Yes, in Cape Town. You know, I mean, it's it's Actually, he demonstrates exactly what the challenge we are dealing about. He's dealing with. He says ANC uses race, uh, race card, but actually he is using party political card. He's trying to say this party is bad, the other party is bad. This is not about bad parties and good parties. It's about the deep-seated racism that has been created by apartheid over many years and we need to deal with that we shouldn't confuse it with uh, parties and other issues the second it's the issue of hatred i understand this because indeed there are african countries which are independent there are no whites there but they still kill each other but that's different you see it's a different phenomenon what we are dealing with here is it's people who are dehumanized i mean I personally, when I went through university and Wellin and Trapo is talking about that, I had the best results in maths, etc., in Soweto, but I couldn't be allowed to go to vets. Yeah. And I was forced to go to Limpopo. There was no mathematician produced in Limpopo during my time. And so you were destroyed by definition, by structurally. And we need to reverse that and make sure that blacks have got the same opportunities, God-given abilities developed to make sure that... And that doesn't mean you don't do it with whites. We do the same. So okay. that all of us, blacks and whites, can, can be South Africans rather than defined on, on racial basis. Reverend Chikane, Ambassador Ntlapo has to, to go, so let me uh, release him. But uh, Ambassador Ntlapo, your, your parting shot. Yeah, no, no, no. My parting shot is that, uh, as, as I think as Reverend Chigandi is saying, uh, we've got uh, a better advantage than people in the U.S. to deal with the issues uh, of race and all other problems that we've uh, just indicated. And I think it is important for us to mobilize and organize society. Where are you going uh, to start? To begin to talk about these issues. Where are you going openly. to start? Pardon? Where are you going to start? Which That's sectors? precisely what the initiative of the Premier is trying to do. By the way, this is not the only province that has got the structure in place to deal with social cohesion. You also have it in other provinces. Uh, 
but at a lesser level uh, and with maybe a lesser impetus. Uh, than what the premier here has tried to do. Isn't, isn't it so a this problem, is a though? Uh, about uh, Ambassador, isn't this the problem? Mm. That the values and principles that are enshrined in our constitution define and uh, exactly who we are and we live within that context. Sorry, before you go, let me ask this question. Isn't it a problem, though? that we, we, we all have our little corners where we deal with these issues. Gauteng is starting its own. We, we do have a national social, national social cohesion uh, uh, you know, conference that took place and everyone was hopeful that it will really permeate the entire country. But uh, not so much is coming out of that, but you find the likes of Penny Sparrow, for instance, coming through and many other people showing that we are an angry uh, society. Now you have this one and then KZN is going to start their own and so on and so on. Can't we have a national integrated social cohesion program that will be addressed at so that your resources, for instance, your your Merrimack calf, your, your your Reverend Chikane, are, are placed there at national level and address it once and for all. No, no but you do have a, a national structure that was established, and I think encouraged by that, and what is happening also within the foundation, it is our responsibility to make a contribution from wherever we are. So this is not just a, a something happening in a little corner. Mm. Uh, there are certain realities that we are experiencing, and we need also from wherever we are uh, to begin to make a contribution in uh, addressing this sketch. That's why I've got religious people that have got people with religious background, people from the business community. Some of us who deal with conflict resolution and even engaging this issue of xenophobia. Uh, it's a whole broad spectrum of, of people. Uh, consolidating and contributing towards work that is already ongoing, by the way. Okay. So I'm not starting from scratch. All right. And I think what the Prima has done was to bring us together in order to contribute towards one mainstream that will uh, culminate in, uh, uh, I think, a number of uh, uh, other uh, uh, areas where we can be able to begin to address uh, in a concrete way some of these issues. Parliament is now discussing the possibility of passing a law to make racism a crime. I mean, <laughs> that's the extent to which, and this is all parties in Parliament, it's not just the ANC. It's an ANC proposal. They want to look at it as to what will it mean if you want to uh, 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 do it that way. Is this the best way to do it? So there's a conversation everywhere. Okay. Uh, and this one is just one of them. So it's not something that is uh, seen as a solution to everything that this country is facing, but it's a contribution. Thank you very not much, Ambassador Ntlapo. You, you have to leave, but uh, thank you very much, uh, South Africa's former ambassador to Washington, D.C., and also an eminent member of the Anti-Racism Task Team set up by the Premier of Gauteng, David Makura. Let's go to the lines right now, and then I will come to Reverend Chikane. Uh, Soli in uh, Leondale, good morning. Hi, Bongi, on your guest. Bongi. Yes, hi. Actually, what is happening in our country, it is laughable, because of uh, the solution lies on identifying who is the cause of all these problems that are under discussion today, and then confront that person, and then secondly, uh, the government must govern. We are no longer interested in talks and proposing that we need to have in and all sorts of manner of things, because of even in those endeavors,
predominantly, if you check the attendance, it is the Africans, it is the victims who are sitting there and discussing their problems in the absence of those that are causing the problems in our country. You can propose uh, any kind of endeavor. It won't solve the problem. The, govern, the government must govern, and then we must identify who is the cause of the problem and then confront that cause of the problem head on. That's it. Indavas and all these things that you are discussing in the morning sure. are laughable. All right, Soli. Thanks, in Leandale. Mike in Lichtenberg. Morning. Thanks, Bongi. Good morning. Morning. Yeah, Bongi, uh, uh, Philip and, uh, yeah, I like what Philip said. Bongi, we're living in the age of the devil. Let me just put it straightforward. I remember Nelson Mandela when he was a president. He was uh, a president for all South Africans. And whenever he was at whatever function and whenever he addressed the nation, he used to talk as a president who governs the country, both black and white. But now, the problem now, the problem, there's no absolute problem with racism. Racism is an interrelationship uh, issue. And I myself, I deal with racism as and when it confronts me personally. I'm a black man. But uh, you must sit back and listen, Bongi. Every time President Jacob Zuma and his ANC comrades, whenever they talk, they talk about white this, white that, white this, and uh, the, the, the failures of, the, of their failures in government, they uh, attribute it to white people. And, uh, you know, Bongi, we have got security forces in this country, the army, the, the, the navy. Those people, will you tell me that when the war comes, it, if it happens that we have a war in this country, are we going to say, okay, the soldiers and the Navy, uh, black people defend us? White people are taxpayers and they are citizens in this country. But uh, uh, another point, we, I'm a DA member, but ANC, every time when they talk, they talk about DA is a racist uh, uh, organization, a political party, and okay. they cause black people and our kids to brainwash them to hate white people to say that, okay, white people are dead and that, and they end up fighting us black people who are members of, a, uh, All right. of DA. Thanks, man. Uh, we're quickly running out of time, so I'm going to ask you to be very brief. Jenny in Somerset West, good morning. Good morning, Bongi, and, and your guest. Sure. Um, first of all, I, I must agree with Martin Newlands that this um, racism thing comes up almost every single day on, 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 on your program. Mm. I want you to define, um, when you talk about racists, is it, is it whites, blacks, Indians? Who, who are the racists that you keep on referring to? Okay. All right. Thanks, Jenny. You're not asking me directly, but you, it's a broad question, isn't it? All right. She's gone. Uh, Njabulo in Parktown? Hi, Bongi. Let me answer Jen's question. Directly. Sure, please. Yeah. White people are racist. Black people cannot be racist because racism has at its root economic inequality and economic inequality for the past 5,000 years has been perpetuated against black people by many other races. Black people as a group have not identified a particular group of people who we think we are superior to. We cannot be racist. So Jane, I've answered your question. When they were talking about racism in South Africa, we're talking about white people being racist to black people. So my problem with this conversation, Bongi, I'll be very brief, is that, again, we have the victims of racism talking amongst themselves. And we've got whoever, the, the venerable and, and, and men I highly respect, Reverend Chikani, saying that we black people must go prove that we can be scientists, prove our humanity. Why? 
Why should we go and prove that we're human beings, we're not monkeys? The people who perpetrate racism against us should be having this conversation. Ours should be to find out what has been done to us, to us psychologically so that we can turn it around. Got not you. to come up with shallow, shallow solutions that won't solve the problem at all. Got Thank you, Jabula. Thanks. Uh, Melvin in Fandel Bay Park. Uh, good morning, Bongi, and to the Reverend Frank Chikane. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, I, you know, I've spoken to um, Mr. Gwede Mantashe last week, and, and I thank him for the opportunity. I think I listened to the callers. You know, the, the ANC has been very accessible on the matter, and I, and I commend him for it. Because, you know, right in the beginning, it's a liberation struggle. They fought for freedom, and we paid in blood, sweat, and tears. And today we make a mockery of our freedom, and, you know, inequality and marginalization it's things that should not exist in a free society. So I commend the, the, the initiative um, by David Makura, uh, Reverend Frank Chicana, and the ANC for this, because okay. it's exactly what we need in our society. And the word that we used last week when I spoke to Mr. Gwede Mantashe was um, marginalization. The minority and the majority in this country are being marginalized. We need equality in our society. And, you know, the specific topic, I went to the Tuli House last week, and, and I've requested a meeting with the ANC and it's in the process. So I'm going to ask the Reverend Frank Chikane, um, how can I, I'm, I mean, I'm a colored male, if I may say this, and, and that's the demographic. We are being marginalized, not as colored, but as professional people. I have three degrees, and we are told that we don't have enough experience. And okay. I want to join this, this, this um, initiative, and I would like to see how I can make a difference. All right, and I would also ask all uh, South Africans to join. All right, how I can don't... I do this? Okay, the Reverend is going to answer you. I remember you very well. Thank you very much. Sieg in Renberg, you're my last caller. Please be brief uh, so that the Reverend can respond. Uh, thank you very much. If the United States hasn't achieved it after uh, at least 50 years of civil rights stuff, which was supported by people like like the Kennedy family, the president's family, uh, if they haven't achieved it, gosh, we'll never achieve it. But but uh, there isn't. But we mustn't blame uh, people for racism uh, 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 forever after just because of the history, uh, and we mustn't uh, 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 chase people away out of the country with, with, with uh, uh, black economic empowerment stuff, which prevents whites from finding uh, uh, the level of their merit. Uh, what we must do is we must uplift people through education and stuff. That's the only way inequality can be addressed, like Julius Malema did with his degree and congratulations to him. Yes, he did it by lifting his own bootstraps, and that's what will have to happen with education and skills training. Thanks a lot. Got you. Thank you very much. Uh, Reverend uh, Frank Chikane, let's wrap right now. How do people get involved? Uh, Njabulo saying that it's the victims really who are discussing this. Where are the racists uh, here? And I asked earlier on if we phrased the question correctly by asking addressing economic inequality will stop the scourge of racism. Well, you know, we don't have much time. I'm looking at my clock. Sure. The point is, I think we as South Africans, I, I want to say we must go on a liftoff, take off, go beyond our current entrapments. We are trapped and we think in the old way. We can't think in a new way. What this eminent uh, group of people who are really balanced to come from all sorts of sectors, I should be able to help us to go beyond where we are to a higher level. I must state it clearly. We will achieve 
the end of racism in this country. We will. And I'm, I'm convinced about it. And I wasn't trying to prove that blacks can be scientists, etc. I am saying they were denied. Mm. And, and therefore, that was used as a way of saying blacks are less, are less human than others, etc. We need to defy that. And the defiance is that we're going to produce more scientists, we're going to produce medical doctors. That, that's critical. It's part of our lives. And so I really would plead that South Africans go out of the party mode, sectarian mode, and get into a mode of being South Africans and saying, what type of society do we want to have? And it is a non-racial, non-sexist, democratic society, and that's what we need to work towards. And I believe that uh, this group that the Premier has put up will enable South Africans to think not just about Gauteng, because once you deal with Gauteng, um, you will be dealing with the rest of the country. You know, the Premier said Gauteng is the most culturally diverse and cosmopolitan province. So it's critical that we start here and move outwards, which is important. Well, I'm going to have to thank you very much, uh, Reverend Frank Chigane, as you highlighted we've run out of time unfortunately but uh, this discussion i promise you will is here to stay with us uh, he's the member of the Gauteng eminent group of nation building and social cohesion champions and uh, set up by uh, the premier of Gauteng, david makura earlier on we had the uh, ambassador Welly Tlapo, south africa's former ambassador to washington dc thank you very much at home at work wherever you are for calling in and sending your sms's and tweets let's do it again tomorrow on friday